In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, we welcome you to the All Souls Sermon Podcast. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. One of Christianity's most challenging claims is that death and sleep are not so very different. Those who have grieved a loved one lying on their deathbed know the difficulty with this comparison. For many, the question arises, can it really be true that death is nothing more than sleep for those who follow Christ? In our gospel passage this morning, Jesus asks those in Jairus' home why they weep and wail, for the child they mourn is not dead, but asleep. When Jesus enters the child's room, he grasps her hand and says, Talitha kum, which isn't some magical incantation, but simply means, little girl, get up. Jesus raised the dead girl with words many of you have used to raise your own children from sleep. Elsewhere in the Gospels, Christ confronts us with a comparison between death and sleep. In John, Jesus says to his disciples, Lazarus has fallen asleep, and I'm going to awaken him. In the decades following Christ's death and resurrection, St. Paul doesn't soften Jesus' claim that death is not final. He also speaks of death and sleep in the same vein. Death is something we are awakened from. It's temporary. What happened to Christ on the third day, St. Paul says, will happen to us. He tells the Thessalonians, But we would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning those who are asleep, that you may not grieve as others do who have no hope. For since we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so, through Jesus... God will bring with him those who have fallen asleep. And later he tells the Corinthians, Behold, I show you a mystery. We shall not all sleep, but we shall all be changed. In a moment, in the twinkling of an eye, at the last trump. For the trumpet shall sound, and the dead shall be raised incorruptible, and we shall be changed. Our prayer book echoes St. Paul's hope when the priest prays for the recently departed in the sure and certain hope of the resurrection unto eternal life through our Lord Jesus Christ, at whose coming in glorious majesty to judge the world, the earth and the sea shall give up their dead and the corruptible bodies of those who sleep in him shall be changed and made like unto his own glorious body. Christ has liberated his followers from the dominion of death. 
by advancing through death and out the other side, Jesus conquered death once and for all. His resurrection opened the way to eternal life so that our bodies may be made like his own glorious body. Christ has also freed us from the inordinate fear of death and has allowed us to displace displace this fear from the center of our lives. It has freed us from the materialist principle of survival at all costs. Fear of death need no longer be the Christian's operating principle. Death's tyranny is over. St. Paul even goes so far as to taunt death when he exclaims, O death, where is thy sting? O grave, where is thy victory? Christ has taught us that life is victorious, and even in death, we are alive in him. There is a wonderful orthodox icon that depicts Jesus standing atop the broken gates imprisoning the dead in Hades. Jesus is shown reaching his hands down into a gaping black abyss and grabbing hold of Adam and Eve. He lifts them from their stone tombs. Satan is pictured as a skeletal figure bound in heavy chains deep in the dark abyss. He is rendered powerless to stop this divine invasion. Christ has plundered the realm of the dead and stands victorious over death. He has trampled down death by death. By conquering death, he has opened the way to resurrected life. He has destroyed the last enemy. None of this is to say that Christians should take lightly death lightly or should disregard its painful reality. As one commentator observes, death is called sleep, not to pretend it is not real, but to deny that it is ultimate. Christians grieve the reality of death. We don't follow the example of the ancient Socrates who calmly drinks poisonous hemlock to his death with his eyes fixed on the eternal and away from this world. We follow the example of Christ who petitions his father in the Garden of Gethsemane to take away this cup of death, the one who weeps at the death of his friend Lazarus. The one we follow treasures this life and mourns its passing. It's not incidental that Christ tells the young girl's parents to give her something to eat after he returns her spirit to her body. He is concerned with her physical needs and the flourishing of her body. But this life and the preservation of this life is not the most important thing. Man shall not live on bread alone, but on every word that proceedeth out of the mouth of God. God's Son, God's Word, is the only true life. 
Jairus falls down and prostrates himself at the feet of ultimate reality and recognizes the one who is the source of all life. His desperation gives him eyes to see Jesus as the true hope. He bows down to the one who has power even over death. The most important thing in this life is to be at the feet of Christ, to submit to Christ's will in humility. In our passage this morning, we read that many people followed Jesus and even thronged him. They pressed in on every side, but only one fell at his feet. How easy it is to follow Christ in his church, but fail to submit to his will and fall at his feet. Jesus asks for more than just lip service and a casual interest in his mission. He wants your whole self. He wants your whole self, not out of some selfish desire to dominate or control, but so he can give you unending life, the eternal inheritance he has prepared for you from the foundation of the world. If death has been conquered and is nothing more than sleep, then we as Christians are liberated in a new way to do God's will. We have been freed from the paralyzing fear of death to follow Christ, no matter the consequences. Amen. Thank you for listening to the sermon podcast of All Souls Episcopal Church. For service times and more information, go to allsoulsokc.com. God be with you.